On this week's Jeep Talk Show, six of the top 20 most dangerous cars are from Fiat Chrysler, JK top of the list. I review the barricade adjustable brake light bracket and discuss future plans for my JKU. Cody joins us for a live grand adventure. We have several voicemails to play. We answer your tech questions and of course we spread some of that YouTube love and we give some extra special love to our 100 subscriber, William Brady. We're counting down the big 200th episode celebration and announce part of what we're going to be giving away. We hear from the mind of Nikki G and from my subconscious. All that reviews and a very special fireside chat and so much more on the next Jeep Talk Show. Listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the G Talk Show. Nobody's away from this. <laughs> With Tammy on Wrangler, Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Well, we might have to file this one under Don't Shoot the Messenger. Six of the 20 most dangerous cars in America are from Fiat Chrysler. Nonprofit crash test and highway safety research organization, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, say that 10 times fast, IIHS, as they are otherwise known, performs a variety of tests on hundreds of car models sold in the country each and every year, grading them on frontal, rollover, side crashes, and head and restraint safety. So basically, these glorified sadistic car nuts have the best damn job in the world. What do you do for work? Oh, who, me? Oh, I destroy cars for a living. Also, basically, you're a carzilla and grave digger all rolled into one pocket-protected lab coat. Awesome! <laughs> In 2012, the IIHS implemented a new small overlap frontal crash test. The small overlap front test is meant to measure what will happen to a vehicle in a frontal collision when only a small part of the left front collides with either another vehicle or a non-moving object. Such a crash can occur when two vehicles approaching each other are both texting how much they don't like the new Jeep Renegade and they swerve to miss but still tr strike each other. Or it can occur when you could have sworn you just saw your best friend driving a new Cherokee and you rubbernecked in disbelief, creening off the road and end up striking a tree or a pole on the left front of the car. In these crashes, airbag systems can sometimes operate at a less than optimal efficiency because most front-end crash protection is concentrated on the middle part of the vehicle. A crash on the outer edge can result in, quote, significant intrusion meaning that parts of the vehicle, after the contact, would be intruding on the driver's space. Now, doesn't that sound pleasant? I think I've been on a couple road trips where the person behind me participated in some significant intrusion. Let me tell you just how dangerous giving a wet willy to the driver at freeway speeds after <laughs> being on the road for six hours is. We all had to clean our shorts after that little stunt, but I digress. To date, 20 vehicles of model year 2015 received a poor rating in this one or one of the other major tests meaning that the driver injury is very likely in this kind of crash. Over the years, over the last few years, since the test has been introduced, most automakers have adjusted for this new test, and the vast majority of 2015 vehicles received at least an acceptable score. While automakers in the process of updating to meet this new standard, the models that continue to fail this new test or even perform poorly on some of the others are generally models that have not been updated in some time. So what do these vehicles all have in common? They are all older vehicle models that haven't been through a redesign in quite a few years. Okay, for example, the Mazda CX-9 was introduced back in 2007 before they launched the roof strength test or the small overlap test. So obviously the designers weren't taking these sort of things into consideration when engineering that model for that year. Get it? Okay, so here's where we finally get to some Jeep stuff. The two-door Jeep Wrangler, which received a marginal or poor rating in three of the four categories it was tested in, has not been significantly updated in nearly a decade. 
So what? If it ain't broke, don't crash it, is what I always say. To be considered one of the least safe cars in the country, there had to be a 2015 edition of the model available for sale in the U.S., and that model needed to receive a poor rating in at least one of the major categories tested by the IIHS. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole list or even the top 10, but the six FCA vehicles that made it on this buyer beware list are the Fiat 500, Dodge, Dodge Grand Caravan, Dodge Journey, Jeep Patriot, Chrysler Town & Country, which is basically the same as a caravan, and the Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> yeah, both the four-door and the two-door categories failed. Well, the four-door failed two categories uh, out of the test, and while uh, the, the four-door failed five. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Wrangler is an off-road vehicle that has to make has had to make adaptations to become more of a street vehicle. It was never meant to be aerodynamic, fuel-efficient, or, hell, even safe. I think the CJ5 had seatbelts as an option. Bottom line here, guys, is the Wrangler is in a class of its own, and it should be tested as such. If it came down to it, regardless of this so-called scientific test rating and all that nonsense, I would feel much safer in any crash sitting in a JK than virtually any smart car, subcompact, or convertible, period. Thank you. How about you. you guys? Yeah, how about you guys? What do you think of the IIHS throwing the JK under the bus like this? Give us a call and speak your mind. And I want to give a big thanks out there to all of you guys who submitted stories this week to help us out for this week in Jeep. If you've got something you think we, sh we should be reporting on, or if you have a response to any one of our stories, please make sure you let us know by sending us an email to newstips at jeeptalkshow.com. I don't think you could get a JK under a bus unless you were trying really hard. Maybe, you know, if it wasn't lift lifted to start with. These, these stories just frustrate me because they like, they're comparing apples to oranges. Yep. Well, you exactly. Know, I've made that proclamation a few times in regards to uh, certain testing organizations and, and their opinion on the uh, on the Wrangler as far as, you know, mile, uh, you know, MPGs and otherwise. Well, right, it's, right. it's simple. You've got people that are judging cars, car after car after car. I mean, they're even making trucks now where they act more like cars. They talk about this yeah. ease of steering, the smooth ride and and so on and so forth. So that's I mean that's all these people know that they're they're doing these tests and reviews. All they all they can talk about is cars. I mean if you get an actual off roader or or a Jeeper, they're gonna say crap and there's the Jeep or even a Toyota or you know something else that's uh you know made for off road. Because it's a mindset, and uh, you know, if, if your mind's not set in that way, you're not going to like it, and that's, that's that's about all there is to it, I think. So anyway, uh, unpopular as that may be, let's uh, move along. XJTalk.com. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off road. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast at my mom's house. Um, coming up on Wrangler Talk in a little bit, I'm going to be telling you about my new Jeep project. Oh, boy. Did she buy another Jeep? <laughs> yeah. <geez. laughs> Has not been 12 months No, I've, I've been forbidden <laughs> to go to any dealerships. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine why. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, the, the husband says no. That's why. So uh, I'd like to take a moment here to introduce myself. My name's Tony. You know nope. me as Mudderoy on uh, xjtalk.com. What? It's not me? No, it is you. At least you're talking, so it better be you. I thought maybe I had skipped ahead again. 
We're working from the Denver D1 script tonight. So uh, anyway, you know know me as Motoroy here on the show and over on xjtalk.com. You may even see me on wranglertalk.com. I know Tammy's been visiting more over there on wranglertalk.com and even posting some things up on our Facebook web. Uh, web well, I guess it's a web page too, but our Facebook page about uh, Wrangler Talk. So uh, with that, I'll uh, slide it all over uh, or actually over to Josh. Oh, you left the seat all sticky again. Yeah, well. Oh, he does better, it all the better time. that than the steering wheel. Well, you know. Hey, guys, I'm Josh, otherwise known as NW99XJ or Northwest 99XJ, and I hail here from the Pacific Northwest, obviously. Hail you. Yeah. I don't put a whole lot of thought into naming things like that or anything like that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, having a lot of fun, guys. It's all about Jeeps. It's all about Jeeps each and every week. We are Jeep owners. We are Jeep enthusiasts, and this is a Jeep show by Jeep owners for Jeep owners. And uh, it's not just Tony and me. No, we've got other talent behind the mic. And who else is here tonight? Well, I'm way over on the other side of the coast, on the That's east right. coast, other side of the country, on the east coast. And I'm Tammy, and I'm known as Jeep Mama. I have a blog at www.jeepmama.com, and you can check out my Jeep adventures, my Jeep modifications, and all that fun stuff on my blog. Oh, and very well you should. Uh, it's especially fun seeing her try to uh, change bumpers and such. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, hearing all the difficulties she goes through, she doesn't hold back when she talks about that. I think us guys have a tendency to embellish uh, how easy it was, and uh, Tammy doesn't do that. She lets you know exactly uh, what it takes to uh, get things on and off the Jeep. And if, it, if it's easy, she'll tell you. So it's uh, always a good, honest uh, uh, assessment over there. So, uh, gee, Josh, uh, I, I sense something. There's a disturbance in the force. There's, there's something coming up that's... Uh, <laughs> there is... <laughs> There's a big something coming up on the horizon. Something wicked this way comes, oh, that, I believe well, is how scary. the, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we have an anniversary we're going to be celebrating here, guys. We are just nine episodes away now. No longer are we in double digits. We are down to the single digit countdown to our 200th episode. Yes, this is a Yay. big deal in the podcasting world and a big deal oh, for is. us as well. And we, of course, want you guys to celebrate, uh, help us celebrate that. And we're going to be doing something special for that 200th. Now, we've been talking behind the scenes. Ooh, how dare we? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we're going to, over the weeks, be announcing some of the stuff that we're going to be doing to celebrate this 200th episode. And one of the things that we've decided here um, on the Jeep Talk Show as to what we're going to do is give back to you guys who have given us so much over the years, who have done so much to help us out by, uh, by clicking on our Amazon uh, links on our homepages, by uh, calling and leaving us voicemails, by contributing to the show. And we figured we'd go ahead and contribute to your guys' Jeep build in one way or another. And one of the ways that we're doing that is by giving away one of these. I'm holding this up for the live stream uh, for our live audience right now. This is an Avatol remote start system. This is brand spanking new in the box. This can do remote trunk pop does light flash, uh, has all sorts of features, not the least of which is remote start. If you've got an automatic transmission, you might just be in the running for this. So how can you get in on this giveaway and other things that we're going to be doing for the 200th episode? Well, there's one and only way to do that, and that's you guys need to pick up your phone and call us. Now, if you don't have a phone, well, that's okay. You have a computer because you're listening to this podcast right now, and we have a number of ways that you guys can reach us. First off, give us a voicemail line. Or give us a, vo- a call to our voicemail line. That's 530-675-4102. And all you got to do is just congratulate us on a 200th episode. 
um, or something along those lines. Make sure you mention 200th episode in your voicemail and you will be in contention for this and a brand spanking new top of the line Avatol remote start system. Uh, these things retail for about $300, guys. So this is a big deal. Um, and uh, we have some other stuff that we're going to be announcing on our giveaway uh, giveaway schedule as well. But those you're going to have to wait till another show for that. Now, another way you can reach us is with our SpeakPipe feature. Uh, and that is over on our website, jeeptalkshow.com. You'll see a little microphone on the right-hand side of the page. You need a smartphone or a tablet or a microphone hooked up to a computer. And you guys can leave us a great-sounding voicemail that way. And uh, make sure you congratulate us on our 200th episode. And you'll be in the running to help us uh, congratulate, well, help us celebrate, rather, our 200th episode with some prizes. Yeah, between Tammy, Josh, and I, we're, we will listen to those uh, voicemails, those congratulations, and, uh, of course, shed a tear on the really good ones. But we will be determining uh, which one we like the best uh, to give away the, the prize or possibly prizes to. Uh, so uh, there's, there's not going to be any fighting. The, the <laughs> three people right here are going to decide who gets what. So just make it interesting, make it good. And uh, I, I'll just tell you, we like drunk calls. Uh, it, it just We do. We enjoy them. And if there's cursing in them, all the better. So... <laughs> Well, something else that's better than just about anything else out there is the 4x4 Radio Network. If this is something that you guys do not know about yet, well, this is also a big deal. The Jeep Talk Show, the 4x4 Podcast, Center Steer, Muddy Microphone Podcast. Well, we've all joined forces and have created a network, the network, in fact. And we're going to be adding more shows to the lineup soon. Podcasts getting updated all the time. So lots of off-road content all in one spot. You guys can visit 4x4radionetwork.com and listen to all of these great off-road podcasts simply by pressing the play button. There's no better place to get all of your 4x4 information, whether it's uh, ATVs, whether it's uh, Jeeps, whether it's... Uh, do you know any other kind of off-road vehicle cooking uh, and uh, the oh, lodge that's... iron skillets? Uh, yeah, all kinds of great things. So, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, all over I there. Hate, at... I hate it when Dan talks about food. <laughs> I know my stomach Seriously. starts to crawl. But about, <laughs> interestingly, I just started listening to uh, episode 103 of the Four by Four podcast, and this is where Dan is starting to talk about his overlanding trek, seventy-five hundred miles, pulling a trailer, Man. kids. And everything, I think his, he was saying his trailer is like 1,600 pounds, 7,500 miles from uh, Missouri to uh, North Pole, Alaska, and uh, did it in his and he 90, did it in a Geo Metro. <laughs> he did it in his 99 uh, Jeep Cherokee and had zero problems the whole 7,500-mile trip. A 16-year-old vehicle made it perfectly fine. I mean, I think he had to do the rear brakes, but it was really maintenance more than anything else. Yeah. That's amazing. It really was. Yeah, so you can find that story and lots of other good stuff over at the 4x4 Radio Network. www.4x4radionetwork.com So I don't know if you guys remember or not, uh, John, uh, pre-runner 1982, did a, a nice little segment for us in which he talked to us about Zello. It's an app that you can have, uh, that you can uh, load up on your smartphone, whether it be uh, Android or iPhone. And uh, we, uh, we had a, a, a xjtalk.com channel set up. It basically turns your $600 uh, cell phone into a $15 walkie-talkie. But it's kind of cool because it goes through the Internet, so you can talk to anybody around the world. And you just press the, 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 the pretend button on the screen, and you're talking to everybody on that channel. So we have created a channel called the Jeep Talk Show channel. Now, we have the chat room available for you uh, during the live show, but if you just want to have a chat with somebody, 
tune over to, I mean, load up Zello and tune over to the Jeep Talk Show channel and chat away. Well, Josh, we did a, a great bunch of downloads on that interview you did with uh, uh, Devon. It's, it's Devon, right? Or is it Devon? Devon, yeah. Devon, Devon from Admiral Off-Road. Yeah, we released the interview. I've been teasing for a few weeks, guys. And uh, and boy, it's been uh, you guys have been eating that up. Yes. I want to say once again, big thanks to Devon from Admiral Off-Road. You check out his channel over at YouTube. And, uh, and make sure you subscribe to his channel as well as ours. And uh, guys, we have all sorts of other midweek interviews and content that we release, well, in the middle of the week. And this is why you guys should subscribe and make sure that you don't miss anything because we're always releasing content each and every week and sometimes as much as twice a week or more. And you guys don't want to miss out on some of that stuff because there could be some very important information about some, well, some important giveaway type stuff. And that's why you guys need to listen to each and every show and everything that we put out there. So make sure you tell a friend, make sure you subscribe, and make sure you check out the Admiral Off-Road interview released this week. Yeah, just today, actually. So uh, if you haven't gone over to the check, go on, gone over there to check, check and uh, listen. I think you'll enjoy it. It's not a, uh, it's less than 30 minutes. So it's a, it's a great drive time uh, interview to listen to. And again, that's one that Josh did for us. Let's get over to our voicemails. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so at the beep, leave your message. Hey, guys, and Tammy. I uh, got a 99XJ, putting a four-and-a-half-inch lift down it. Main concern is snow. Last winter, well, no, two winters ago, I buried the axles in the snow on the stock tires. Uh, really looking at in the right size for snow. Uh, I know mud and whatnot will be different, but uh, just trying to get a general idea. Tire rack seemed very confusing. Amazon was even more confusing. <laughs> uh, any ideas would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for the show. Bye. Well, I have no idea on this, and, I, and frankly, I find it interesting that, that snow is different than mud. I mean, I know the density would be a lot greater oh, with mud. It's but, uh, night and day different. Is it? Yeah. Absolutely. And each snow is different, too. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is another very good point. And, and I know Tony down there is down there in Texas, guys, and that, that's why you, you might uh, be confused that he's confused not knowing <laughs> the, about this uh, white stuff that falls from the sky every now and again in certain parts of the country. And we it is to, a lot of fun to wheel we in. I scrape I, that it out of the refrigerator occasionally. <laughs> yeah, that's... I, uh, both Tammy and I are blessed to, to get some snow every year and we get a chance to wheel out in that stuff. And, and guys, each and every year as the seasons change, uh, we go ahead and release some wheeling tips. And we did that last year as well. Uh, right in the middle of the winter, released some uh, wheeling tips and, and recovery tips and what you guys uh, should take into consideration when heading out for a winter wheeling trip. And so you guys can look forward to that as the seasons change here on the Jeep Talk Show. So what is it that, uh, what kind of tires do, does he need for snow? Uh, the kind that air down a lot. Oh, now, interesting. You, you, you really, and, that, and that's where it comes down to, uh, you don't want to use street tires on the snow if you're planning on going off-road. So the wider um, better, too. I guess a, a large, wide, yeah, it's a all wide about the rim. Footprint. Yeah. yeah. It's all about the footprint in the snow. Uh, getting your, getting your, uh, your air pressure down to as low as you can without risking uh, blowing a bead. I recommend anywhere between 8 to 10 pounds, especially if you're on something like a 33-1250 on a 15-inch rim. Um, and, uh, those, uh, those are on an eight inch uh, wide rim. The, mm -hmm. the, the ratio, you know, 12 to eight, yeah, that works out pretty good. You can really air it down a lot, but yeah, John, that, that's really what you want to do is get those tires down and air pressure as much as you can safely. 
and uh, and really the the all terrain or mud terrain tires are typically uh, typically are the ones that do the best in the snow. So I, I would guess bead locks would uh, would help you to keep the bead on, and uh, since bead locks generally aren't uh, road legal. Maybe an internal beadlock like the Ston uh, in, inflatable uh, beadlocks. Yes, that that would also help. Uh, a lot of the guys I wheel with in the winter uh, run beadlocks, and these guys are are well above even my build grade uh, with their Jeeps. These are guys with you know thirty eights, forties. They're running two pounds of air uh, or none at all, really, because their sidewalls are so <laughs> that stiff. Sounds, that sounds so funny. <laughs> it really does. But the only thing that's holding on there, holding the tires onto the wheels, are the beadlocks. But it works. Yeah. All right, well, let's get to uh, another uh, John. I think he forgot something here in this uh, second voicemail. Hey, it's John again. Forgot to add, I'm uh, putting 16-inch rims on it because I'm going with the Grand Cherokee brake upgrade. Oh, very And good. Uh, I'm going to start recording my wife whenever we see the new Cherokee because her comments are always great now that she's a Jeep <laughs> owner too. All right, thanks. Bye. I, I, I think he's talking about the new uh, trail chicken uh <laughs> that's uh that's been put out by jeep so uh yeah that would be uh, that'd be great to hear hey uh, really quickly um pa jeep freak in our chat room also mentioned bfg tires also look for a mountain and snowflake symbol on the side of the tire oh. and that is really good advice for winter tire shopping uh, that that snowflake symbol on the side means it means it's a winter traction approved tire and uh, and that can get you over the pass safely and uh, in those conditions where they are requesting that you have chains. Excellent. Uh, great to have that input from the, the live audience. Now, uh, here's, I think this is a first-time caller. Hey, XJ family, or Jeep family. Uh, sitting down here at a truck shop. And, uh, my semi-truck broke down, and I got to pass some time. Um, got a question uh, about the AW4. Reading a lot about the... Uh, Modification you can do where you can hold it into first by rewiring the uh, solenoid or cutting power to the solenoid. Just wondering what your thoughts were on that. Um, I'm probably end up doing that and passing the idea around. I kind of like to have uh, that first gear to be held while I'm uh, descending. I uh, just wanted to pass along see what you all thought about that. Uh, oh yeah, this is a uh, Chad, uh, aka the Mayo on the forums. All right, have a good day. Now I don't think you got on the on chat uh, on XJ Talk today. Uh, Josh uh, Mayo was actually in chat because he didn't have anything to do. He was uh, at a shop. Uh, his truck had broken down. Oh, and I'm sorry, was, I missed him. Yeah, he was waiting for the uh, waiting for them to uh, to figure out what was going wrong with it. He seemed to think it was a uh, problem with the uh, ECU uh, getting hot whenever the things would get to operating mm. temperature. It was causing the computer to act up on his. Uh, I think it was an 18 wheeler that he drives. And uh, they finally got it going towards the afternoon. Didn't get it fixed, but got it going well enough so he could get home. But uh, so he was, I think he was calling us while he had nothing else better to do. Um, so I'll tell you real quick. I think that uh, uh, putting in a couple of switches or perhaps even get an aftermarket where you can select first gear and hold it in first gear in the AW4 is a great idea because if you get uh, brake fade and you start going down a steep grade downhill, um, anything to slow you down is going to keep you, uh, hopefully from rolling that Jeep. So, uh, you can get going pretty fast in second gear and, uh, that AW4 will switch over to second gear as, uh, as you're speeding up going downhill. 
Now, I think he was talking uh, also about uh, a transmission control module. Now, not the TCM that, we're, that we all are all familiar with. I'm talking about an aftermarket module that uh, I'm brain farting on the, uh, on the manufacturer's name. It's a little silver box that he manufactures. Yeah, you I, do I wire inter- it up. I actually interviewed him, uh, but, yeah. you, but you can do it with your own switches. This, he has, uh, That's right. You, but but the, the, I can't remember his name either, but you can search the, the past shows and uh, hear a lot about that. Anyway, uh, that is a, a very nice, well-made little box, and it looks really cool, and it allows you to switch that thing manually into the gears yep, and can, hold it where you want it. Yeah, that's a definitely handy. I've been in a Jeep. I have. I don't have that mod on my own Jeep, but I've driven a Jeep that is that has had that. I tell you, being able to lock it in second gear to where it won't go into first or it won't go into third, it's actually kind of handy on the trails. Very, very nice to have. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, you know, that's interesting. Tammy, you've been reading the manual on your Wrangler. Can you actually keep yours in uh, one of the gears or does it automatically switch dep- depending on speed and RPM? I don't know what you mean. Well, um, for example, uh, on the Cherokee, you can uh, take the, the, the transmission lever and put it down in uh, what's what's labeled 1-2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that. But ours will, won't stay in first gear. It'll either be in, it'll be at first gear if the RPMs are low and the speed is low, but as you speed up, it'll shift to second. But then it no, will I stay. Have, it will stay in second gear. No, I have to. It won't do it automatically. So you can actually lock yours into first gear, and it'll stay there. Yes. Oh, that's great. Uh, I, yeah, would, I would expect a, uh, that in the Rubicon. She has a downhill lockout feature too, which uh, which I think not only locks it into first, but also puts it into a low range for uh, descent control. Yeah. It basically you you um, push the hill descent control button and. You take your feet off all the pedals and you just steer in the Jeep. Can you actually get out of the Jeep and just watch it as it goes? I'm sorry. Next time you're at Roush Creek, I'm sorry. Next time you're at Roush Creek, go ahead and do that for us. That'd be great. <laughs> call it jealousy. Call it, uh, I just can't believe, you know, that no, they, they, they got these things. No, they call it ghost riding the whip. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry about that, Tammy. I just like, you know, gee, you just take your feet and pedals off and close your eyes and hope for the best. Yeah. Ma, no oh, hands. I've done that sometimes because I'm like, oh my God, I'm so scared. And I'm, like, I really shouldn't be closing my eyes. Well, I understand why you're referring to it as a, as the Terminator. Yes. Uh, doing all the thinking for you. Okay, well, let's get over to uh, Joe. Hi, guys. This hey, is Joe. Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. And uh, I was just going to tell you <laughs> that uh, I'm going to do a nine-mile off-road run this weekend, uh, but I can't take my Jeep with me. Oh. Because the trails are too narrow, so I'm just going to run all the nine miles on my foot. And uh, I've had my uh, eggs this morning, but I also had a bowl of twigs uh, or Kashi cereal, if you've ever had that. You read the label, it does say twigs, so I always tell people I eat twigs in the morning, too. Um, So hopefully I'll uh, hold up through my nine-mile run this weekend. And uh, maybe the next time I'll find a bigger trail and I can take my one of my kids' Jeeps because I really like to do off-roading. Uh, so I hope you guys are having a good day. Bye-bye. Well, good luck with that, Joe. Uh, yeah. And God bless you because I'm, I'm not running nine miles unless there's something oh, really man. big behind me. <laughs> really big bucket of gravy in front of him. No, I'm oh, kidding. that's true. <laughs> yeah. I'd be the biscuit. So, Joe, uh, more power to you, man. My my hat hats off and big salute to you. That that's uh, that is awesome. Make sure you call back in 
after the race and uh, after that, after the, all that nonsense, yeah, if you and make let it. us know how it went. <laughs> Hopefully, you make it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get over to a uh, call we have here from Super Croc. Hey, Chief Talk. This is the Super Croc again, coming to you live. Well, live as in unedited and recorded from a outdoors location. Yeah, it's. Not too bad out here right now. It's not too humid, not too too warm. It's about in the seventies oh, right now. Weather. We get now we're getting the weather. So it's run up for like four decent days for the year. So it's pretty nice, you know. You yeah. can hear hear the birds chirping. Those are mosquitoes. Electric lines yeah. buzzing, <laughs> the birds singing and Alas, no engines running. But I might mobile on, so that will cure my engine running fever for a little bit. So, yeah. Nothing real exciting, but I you'd like to know. But, well, well you need to uh, go ahead and put a Jeep emblem on the front of that mower, and I think it'll make things a little bit better. <laughs> That's true. A lot more fun. And it starts. So it's it's even the, uh, even better that way. So uh, thank you all to uh, taking the time for calling in and uh, giving us those uh, very uh, interesting voicemails and you know giving us up to date of what's going on in the Jeep family because that's what we all are. We're all Jeep owners and uh, we're just a big Jeep family. We like hearing about everybody. And uh, speaking of everybody and hearing about, let's uh, get over to our YouTube love. Oh, love that YouTube love music. <laughs> Well, guys, each and every week we pull a few names out of our hat, and uh, thankfully hat? it's just out of our hat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we pull the names and not Tony. No. Yes. <laughs> guys, we give a little bit back to those who have uh, taken the time to subscribe to us. Give a little bit of a shout out to a few names each and every week. Tony, who's first up this week? Well, it, this looks like Alex Almeida. Very good. I've got ATX Racer 01. And I have Brian Bennett. And oh boy, uh, Bjarn Bergam. Bjarn. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I'm going to go with Bjarn Bergam. Anyways, guys, if you want to get on the li- this list, we'll make sure you head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show, and subscribe. Make sure you tell a friend as well, and you just might hear your name here on the Jeep Talk Show. Yeah, we're really increasing in numbers. Uh, I think we are up to 102 subscribers there on the new channel. Oh, which reminds me. Yeah, that's true. Which reminds me, Josh. Uh, we have a 100th YouTube for the Jeep Talk Show subscriber. They, oh. They've made some changes, and we're actually able to see who these people are at, at the specific times uh, when they when they join now. And I'd like to announce William Brady as our 100th YouTube Jeep Talk Show channel subscriber. And Josh, what does he win? Well, he wins nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Well, Our thing. All the all the great content on the channel. <laughs> William Brady is going to have his YouTube channel link featured on our website. We're gonna go ahead and put that in the show notes. Yeah. And you guys can check out what he has to offer. So hopefully William Brady has got some great stuff on his YouTube channel. And well, of course uh, we're he go does. ahead and yeah, get How that link up you. there. You guys can see what he's got going on. And hey, go ahead and subscribe to his channel as well while you're at it. Yep, and you never know when we're going to call out the next person. 110, 120, 150, 200 for sure. So. For sure. In the meantime, guys, youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. Get those subscriptions in right away. 
And now, guys, something that I look forward to each and every week, hearing from the mind of Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. <laughs> hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, I just listened to uh, the episode uh, Day Late and a Dollar Short. And like I say, Tony, you have a lot of uh, technical difficulties. You ever thought about hiring somebody from Geek Squad to come over and uh, just like be on, on hand when you have problems? And, nope. Uh, Super crack. I love your voicemails. And uh, since you're out walking your Boston Terrier, does that it. make you a terrierist? Oh, jeez. <laughs> and a good call on the uh, breaker bar, Tammy, taking the... Impact wrench back, because take it from me, an impact wrench hurts when you get it caught in your hair. Mm. <laughs> All right, guys, I'll uh, chat you later. You have a good one. It Bye. does, and uh, Nikki G's been wearing pants ever since. Hey, oh, this my is Nikki goodness. G, and uh, <laughs> recent weeks I've mentioned the uh, word skids and the uh, word analog, and everybody was expecting the obvious <laughs> joke, and I didn't uh-huh. go there. And it's because I'm trying to bring the maturity level of the show up a little bit. Uh, you see the kind of fourth grade antics going on at the Four by Four podcast. So with that said, I would like to uh, review my recent Amazon purchase. I recently purchased the book "Everybody Poops." <laughs> uh, spoiler alert: Everybody does poop, even the Pope. Uh, alternate ending. Uh, spoiler alert, not everybody poops. Obama's full of it. (laughs) 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 All right, guys, I'll chat at you later. This has been From the Mind of Nikki G. (laughs) Well, speaking of twisted minds, uh, and we weren't actually speaking, we were listening to that twisted mind. We haven't heard from uh, Josh's subconscious in a while, and I don't think Josh has either because he's not aware not. of it. <laughs> do you ever do you ever have dreams, Josh, and and you and your well, subconscious uh, have these conversations? We're 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 so disconnected. Uh, you know, it's like ships passing in the night. It's almost uh, like you're so two separate individuals. It really is like we are two separate individuals. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's see let's see what uh, Josh's subconscious is up to, and uh, fortunately, oh, yes. we've we've been let's. able to record this where we don't actually have to put Josh to sleep to hear it. And now, a message from Josh's subconscious. Yoo-hoo. Oh man, everybody keeps writing in and asking me questions. I think I'll answer a few of them today. Denver from Texas writes in, Why do Tony and Josh always talk about zombies? It's a Jeep podcast, fellas. They should talk more about drive shafts. I agree, Denver. We should team up. You can be Denver D1, and I'll give you the D2. Mickey from North Carolina writes in, Tammy's favorite part of the show is my segment. How do I let her know that my favorite part of the show is messing with her henway? Well, Nikki, she's happily married, so don't go there. But my handway, on the other hand, or in the other hand, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Anton from, or sorry, Anton from, might as well be Canada, writes in, Mamsy dotes and dozy dotes and little lambs eat ivy. A kettle eat ivy too, but shoehorns don't make good earphones. Well, don't you know, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peckers. Wait a minute. That's not how that goes. <laughs> Doodoo. Oh boy! You know you're a lot more oh, entertaining. Your subconscious is a lot more entertaining. 
<laughs> that was cute. <laughs> That's oh, cute. Cute. Uh, seriously. I know. I, 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 know. <laughs> I haven't laughed that hard in a while. So. <laughs> well, you know, you know what your subconscious would say about that. <laughs> All righty. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Josh, do you know what I like more than cheese? Gravy. Reviews. Yes, reviews are also good. Uh, we can't spread those on mashed potatoes, but it's, uh, it's fun to get them nonetheless, and they are quite tasty this week, folks. We have a couple reviews here, and one is rather special. Uh, first off, we want to tell you guys that you can leave us a review pretty much anywhere on the web, and yes. we're going to get it. Um, we are on, of course, YouTube. We are, of course, on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn.com. All of those places give you the ability to leave us a review and leave us a comment. Um, we've, get, we've had comments on our YouTube channel. We've had comments on our Facebook page, uh, which is also uh, facebook.com slash Jeep Talk Show. Uh, and, uh, and of course we have, uh, comments that come in from xjtalk.com mm-hmm. as well. And, uh, and this one came in from nhidden31. In response to buying a Bluetooth enabled high fidelity stereo just to listen to podcasts on, I went out and bought a Bluetooth stereo simply because <laughs> of that fact. <laughs> I never thought I would listen to a podcast, but you guys do an amazing job with the show. Very kind words from nhidden31, and thank you so much for taking the time to leave that comment, and, uh, and we couldn't thank you enough. Really appreciate those, uh, those kind words. It's, it's, to me, personally, it's very special to hear somebody goes out and spends their hard-earned money just so it makes it easier for, easier for them to listen to the show and, and their Jeep. I mean, just amazing. Great compliment. Thank you very much for sharing that. Uh, I know as men, we don't generally like to say thank you, please, and uh, you look good in, that, uh, in those pants. But you took the time to let us know that you spent time to uh, put in a radio so you could listen to us. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Now this is another one that I, I said was. Well, uh, a I was just bragging. I was just putting in there in there to, bar- in to brag. I, d- I didn't necessarily want to talk about this on the show. We can really, but yeah. Uh, I was oh, just, okay. I was okay. Just, because no, this I'm really serious. is. I think this deserves a little bit of bragging right. because uh, yeah. Well, I agree. guys, um, we uh, we've sort of uh, we've had a, a little bit of a celebrity contact here recently, and, and Tony, why don't you go ahead and take a take lead on this? Well, you guys may not recognize this name because everybody, and especially at the bus stop, they, they look at me and wonder why I'm talking to them. And I say, do you, do you uh, know who Perry Gilpin is? Because uh, she's in uh, Mr. Robinson, a uh, show that's been on NBC recently. She's going to be doing some, uh, a reoccurring role on uh, that Scorpion show. Uh, and uh, for some strange reason, she thinks I'm funny. So, uh, <laughs> she's been following obviously me. deranged, yes. obviously crazy, uh, probably tinfoil along with uh, Nikki G, but, uh, she was kind enough to retweet, uh, the tweet that I put out announcing the show tonight. And, uh, I, uh, as I often do, uh, or Josh or Tammy uh, does, we'll uh, thank people for taking the time to retweet it because, you know, they're saying th- this is interesting enough that I want to share it with all of my followers. So uh, I sent her a message and said, thank you for the retweet. And she was very kind. And she said, of course. And uh, she uh, put my name there. Tony makes me laugh almost every day. 
So I was very proud of that because uh, I don't know if you remember Perry Gilpin. She was in Frasier. She played Roz and uh, was the person that uh, controlled all the uh, the goings on, the producer for uh, Frasier Crane. Kind of like She's what I'm doing here and kind of like the show that we're doing. It just kind of dawned on me today that her character was kind of doing the same thing I'm doing here behind the uh, the keyboard and such. In a way, yeah, very a lot of similarities. She's been on CSI, Men at Work, mm-hmm. Make It or Break It, King of the Hill. I mean, the, yeah, the list goes on and on. And of course, uh, Frasier, the TV series, uh, which is extremely popular for a number of years. Very funny character. And uh, she's a Texas gal. She's originally from Waco. and uh, That's what her problem is. <laughs> grew, up in, <laughs> grew up and went to school in Dallas, uh, Dallas, Texas, which... Uh, honestly, I got to tell you, uh, us folks here in Houston don't consider Dallas being Texas, but that's another oh, fight. Yeah, well, interesting. It's a different mindset up in Dallas than it well, is Well, thank here. you, Perry Gilpin, for for reaching out and stroking Toki, to, Toki's, <laughs> Tony, Tony's ego. Tony's ego, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Toki, I will, uh, I will uh, answer to most anything as long as there's cheese involved. Well, hey, here's a guy who answered our call to uh, to get on board with a grand, uh, well, with a grand Cherokee uh, segment that we were talking about doing for a number of months, guys. Mm-hmm. We are we are an equal opportunity Jeep talk show, and that is, of course, any platform is welcome, and and the grands are no exception. And uh, and this guy has really taken the reins and taken this to another level. Uh, his name's Cody. He's from tra- TrailChasers.net, and uh, we're going to enter into part five of the Grand Adventure with Cody. Hey guys, how you doing? It works. Yay, yay. <laughs> Cody uh, so is joining I'll, us I'll live right this week. And this week I want to talk about real Jeeps. And I, I'm sure you're going to say, what does that have to do with the Grand Cherokee? And I think it <laughs> has a lot to do because not one of you thought of a WJ when, when I said real Jeep. Um, so what is a real Jeep? Is it the, uh, the stock XJ that your grandma drives to, to work and back? Is it the two-wheel JK? They make a two-wheel JK. I, I don't know why. But they do. Don't know why. Uh, yeah. Is it is it only solid axle vehicles uh, or vehicles with twenty four inches of wheel travel, or is it the eighty thousand dollar Starwood Motors JKU that will never ever ever see dirt? I don't know. the The latest batch of Fiat vehicles have gotten a bunch of crap, including from me. So I'm not I'm not putting myself uh, above any of this. But um, when you look back at when the YJ came out the diehard said that that wasn't really a Jeep because it had square headlights. And then uh, in, what was it, 2007, when the 4.0 was replaced with the 3.8 Daimler motor, people kind of went nuts. It was, it was a big deal. Bottom line is, as Jeepers, we're quite vocal and we don't like change. So when things change, we get upset about it and, and talk a lot of crap. So I think a real Jeep is an adventure vehicle. It's, it's the, the guy that, that buys his vehicle and goes out there. And if he's crawling rocks with his vehicle or takes his Jeep to the mountain and crawls the rocks with his hands, he's an adventurist. He's out there doing it. If there's a kayak strapped to the top of your vehicle and you're on a dirt road getting to the beach, you're in a real Jeep. I think as long as it's an adventure and you're on dirt, it, it's a real Jeep. And isn't that kind of what it's all about? I mean, most of us get these vehicles and and we want to go find an adventure. It's, and, and driving to work and back isn't the adventure that I look forward to every day. And so I came about this uh, a few weeks ago when my sister-in-law reached out to me and said that she was considering the 2015 Renegade. So again, none of you thought about the Renegade or the Compass or the Patriot when I said a real Jeep. So I started doing some research and watched some YouTube videos and looked at specifications and 
Speaking of specifications, everybody thinks the Renegade is a pretty small vehicle, but it's actually bigger than a CJ5, which is interesting. And at the end of the day, I told her to do it. They, um, they need a vehicle that is comfortable, that is, uh, has good gas mileage to get to work and back as her commuter vehicle. Um, they're very adventurous. They, they go hiking and surfing and they take their dog with them everywhere they go. And, and this vehicle will do it. Um, I made sure that she was aware that uh, there's some trails that she won't be able to go on, obviously, because they've been out wheeling with me a few times and they wanted to go out and hit the trail. But she said, if there's something we can't do in our Jeep, we'll just ride with you. So there's a couple things here that, that this Jeep Renegade, I think, brings to the table. It's, it's super comfortable. It mm-hmm. is surprisingly capable. And um, there's a video up on trailchasers.net that you can watch from the first time we took it out. And I purposely put it up there just to kind of get the, the ball rolling on this conversation. And, and um, there has been some comments about not being a real Jeep. And I expected a lot more than I got. But well, I, 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 gave, you, kind of, I gave you some crap about it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, but here, here's there are two things that make this a real Jeep. The first thing is they took this thing out seven days after they bought it. I mean, they hunted for it. They drove all the way to San Diego from our house to get it. And as soon as they got home, they said, "Cody, when are we going wheeling?" And they were on dirt in seven days. And not many JK owners oh, can wow. say that. That's great. That is the great, second yeah. thing is, and you guys will appreciate this. My brother-in-law, as he's showing me the vehicle. He walks around to the front of the Renegade Trailhawk and points at the tow hooks and said, we made sure we got these so that we can pull you out. (laughs) (laughs) What is more Jeep than that, right? He hasn't even he hasn't even put his foot on the gas pedal yet. And he's already talking trash about how his Jeep is better than mine. Kind of like this guy. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But as as an off-road community, we're a very small percentage of the Jeep consumer market. Most of us, I, I think most of us are wheeling older vehicles that we bought secondhand. Mm-hmm. If Jeep only made solid at front axle, six cylinder vehicles where the top came off, they'd go out of business in a hot second because they're not going to sell enough of those to keep going. And at the end of the day, we need the Renegade and the Patriot and the Compass. I know it hurts to say it, but we need those vehicles. We need people to buy those vehicles because it helps Jeep keep their miles per gallon as a uh, uh, cooperative throughout the entire product line. They have to have a certain level of miles per gallon. Um, we need those people that dump their money into those vehicles so that Jeep can pull that money out and put it in R&D for all the cool vehicles we see at Easter Jeep Safari and the Mopar Underground. And we need those vehicles to be made and we need those people that buy them. So the next time you're out at the shopping mall and you see a soccer mom and a Jeep Compass, go, go thank her. Because of her, our beloved brand is thriving. Now, with that said, I still hate the new Cherokee. It is just effing ugly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I played a joke on some people at one point, and I, I copied the geometry of the, chair, of the new Cherokee's uh, squinty headlights. And mm-hmm. I said, real, real Jeeps have squinty eyes. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and threatened people that I was going to make these stickers and T-shirts and post them everywhere. And, and I just got this huge outcry. And this is right after the, these things came out. And everybody yeah. was like, no. So, no, yeah, I, I never, I never I, did. I would have been much happier if they made the Liberty the new Cherokee. That thing was better than this, the new one. But yes. Well, you know, um, well, they, they took the Liberty, which I always hated because I, I, I've said it, they said it before and I'll say it again. I thought VW made a much nicer looking bug than, uh, than the Liberty. 
Uh, and then they, you know, they came out with a new one, which they actually made it look more like a Cherokee. And, and mm-hmm. I think they should have done something to it so that you could lift it and uh, put it and maybe come out with a front, uh, solid front axle. You know, I, I have a theory that the reason why they don't want to have a lot of Jeeps with uh, that solid front axle is because so many people bought the XJ. You know, they were selling the Wranglers, but the the uh, the, the the Cherokees, the XJs, were so much cheaper and just as capable, and in some cases more capable because of the, the longer yeah. wheelbase. That's right. So mm-hmm. that, that 2.7 million Cherokees that were sold, I'm sure hurt the Wrangler market because I went to the dealership to buy a Wrangler, and I walked out of there with a Cherokee. So um, actually, I think the, the, the Wrangler I was looking at was about the same price because this was the, the, the Cherokee I got was a, a top-of-the-line one that was on the floor. And uh, I'm one of those rare individuals, by the way, Cody, that has a one-owner owner Jeep, and it's been mine the entire time, the entire 17 years. Yeah, I, all of the Jeeps that I've owned, which I, th- I think is seven, were somebody else's before I got to it's them. It's a lot cheaper. It's a lot yeah. cheaper that way. Seven. I think so. Uh, two CJ7s, uh, one oh, XJ. I take it back. There were two XJs that my uh, my ex-wife drove as her daily driver that we bought new. Um, I had the Jeep Comanche pickup, um, and now I've got the Grand Cherokee. I mean, So there's six, not counting the wives, the ex-wives, but... I can't um, believe all of those were old vehicles. I can't believe you got rid of the Comanche. I'd love to have a Comanche. Heck yeah. The Comanche blew up. So <laughs> well, that'll do it. <laughs> if, if you want to hear the story, sure. um, I sold the CJ seven to my brother. The CJ seven broke down far, far away. And I was on my way to pick him up in the Comanche so that we could go pick up the CJ seven. And as I made the U-turn to get in front of his house, I noticed some smoke coming out of the hood and uh, the paint started to bubble, oh, and it just no. the entire engine compartment wow. caught on fire. It was gone. So, Not but I wanted day. I wanted to keep it. So it ran out of gas. Yeah, it did <laughs> quickly. <laughs> That's a shame. That's one of my fears. I see these vehicles that I got two fears when it comes to Jeep: it burning to the ground and rolling it over. I, I'm I, I'm under the impression that anytime I go off road, it's I'm going to roll it. Because well, I, I see that, yeah, I, it's not as bad as what I, what it what it seems, I guess. But still, you know, uh, when you're not used to denting things, it, uh, it it's kind of a concern. No, oh, I'm sure I we rolled had a few uh, CJ7 moments. on the way to Vegas at 55 miles an hour on the 15 freeway. Ooh. And uh, oh yeah, so. I remember that. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. Alrighty, well, a great segment. Very interesting. You made some great points there. Uh, I don't like it, but uh, I'm sure you're right. <laughs> Oh, and I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop making fun of other Jeeps. I'm, I'm just saying that maybe maybe we should cut them some slack. No. If they're out there in the dirt. I just did a wheeling trip the well, other day, and there was a Jeep Liberty out there, and I wanted to say something, but I was like, at least he's dirty. Yeah, I'll mention this really quick because it'll it'll irritate Matt. Matt had a, a, Lib- a Liberty, one of those VW-looking uh, bastardized things, and he took it off-road, and he was literally drug around by a Cherokee almost almost the entire time because it was a four wheel drive Liberty, but it was a stock Liberty. So he was uh, using the the hooks on the front of that thing to, to literally be towed through the, uh, down the trails. 
So, uh, yeah, but at least he was out there, right? He was giving it a try. Yeah, and, uh, giving, it, yeah. giving it a go. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think he was being towed more than he was making it, but he, but he tried, and that's probably yeah. more than I, I would have done with Liberty. So. Hey, I've had to do that same thing with a, with a fellow Cherokee uh, who, who blew out his transfer case, and, oh, uh, and we were in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And, and so there was several sections of trail uh, that, that had to be navigated with him in tow behind my Jeep with, uh, with, a, with a big tow strap. And, uh, <laughs> let me tell you, uh, I was worried about my own tranny burning up sure. at that point, uh, just because, you know, it was a big rig. I mean, caged and everything. I think he was on 35s, uh, and, and just dragging him How around for half the afternoon. Uh, but I wasn't going to leave him. Did stranded. you get a picture? You know, no, no man left behind. Yeah, I actually did. This was uh, several <laughs> years ago at the, uh, North American XJ Association's 10 year anniversary uh, up at the uh, Natchez off-road area. Uh-huh. And uh, I got some uh, pictures of that. I don't know if I have them posted up at xjtalk.com. That's, uh, that'd be funny. That would almost be as good as a, you know, a Ford or a Toyota or something. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would have, uh, if I was him, I'd be going, no pictures, no pictures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get over to our next segment, uh, Ranger Talk. And again, Cody, thanks for joining us live tonight. You're going to see be seeing more of Cody here in a minute when we get to the uh, the campfire segment. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Hey, Tony and Josh and Cody. Um, Now that I've finished my installing my rear bumper, I'm moving on to my next Jeep project. I have my rear bumper. I have a new front bumper, my rock sliders, my off-road lights, CB. So now I've been trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. And I think I'm going to do get some more skid plates underneath the belly. Good call. Um, pardon? Good call. Yes. The Rubicon comes with some factory skid plates off the factory floor. There's one on the gas tank. There's one on the EVAT canister, the transfer case, and then there's a cross member bar. Um, so I decided I'm going to, just leave those, the stock ones na- where they are now, and I'm going to get one for the oil pan and transmission. Then I saw today, um, I think it's on Knuckle Busters on Facebook, there are purple diff covers. <laughs> oh, boy. And there are purple coil springs. Oh, boy. Yeah, I think actually, I think somebody painted them. But anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and order up the oil pan and transmission skid plate. And that's going to be my next project. Now, the good news with this is extreme terrain gave me a coupon for a purchase for writing an installation guide for them on my third, um, brake light. So I have probably be about $140 in coupons that I can spend, but I still need to raise a little bit more money for the skid plate. So I'm going to be selling some more Legos to make up the rest of that. <laughs> Those poor kids. <laughs> the, the funny thing is they keep buying them as fast as I sell them. Who's paying for oh, them? Christmas is <laughs> oh, canceled. Birthday, That's it. birthday money. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's, it's, it's the cycle of life. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they do, I do give my kids a part of the, the money that I, so quick question for you then, Tammy, uh, the, uh, the installation guide that you're going to write up on that third brake light, um, are you going to end up posting that on your blog? Yeah, actually I, um, I've already written it up and I submitted it to extreme terrain and they accepted it. Although they haven't put it up on their website yet. 
So I'm waiting to hear back about it. But yeah, I will, once they get it posted on their website, I was going to link to it and, and share it with everyone. I've always thought that technical writing, especially when it comes to installing things like Jeep parts, uh, was really, really cool. Uh, was that something you had fun with? Yeah, it was. And it was, it was difficult for me because, you know, I don't know what the names of some things are, which I'm learning now. You know, I'm like, okay, you this is check a, with me. A, you can always check with me. I, I could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a wrench thingy, mabobber. This is called a henway. I'm thinking henway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not going there. <laughs> oh, that'd be great to see that in, in, in writing somewhere, published somewhere. <laughs> yeah, just just t open your toolbox and grab that henway and. <laughs> Which one's the well, way? <laughs> well, very cool, Tammy. Looking forward to seeing uh, what you end up going with as far as the the cover, the diff covers, and the uh, and the skid plates go. And and of course, I, I would imagine that we're going to uh, be hearing about a, a review and of course uh, how the installation went of all that stuff uh, after the fact. Definitely. So we'll be looking forward to that as well. Definitely. Holy crap! There's somebody new at the campfire. Oh, it's a party tonight. Hey. <laughs> who brought That's that right, guy? Guys. Yeah, who, who let this guy in? <laughs> well, somebody's got to bring the beer. I was going to say, <laughs> did he bring the beer? The newbie's supposed to bring the beer. Mm, I, I failed, guys. Sorry. Yeah. Next time. So did I my first time. They don't tell you that. <laughs> Didn't get the memo. Now, guys, uh, this is where we're going to sit around the campfire and just kind of BS about uh, what's happening with our Jeeps, what's happening uh, with uh, with our own builds and, and stuff like that. And uh, last week, Tony had mentioned a laundry list of things that, that he's uh, looking to do to his Jeep here uh, to get it ready for some off-road adventures. And uh, and his his list was a little bit longer than mine, actually. And uh, But uh, I'm curious, Tony, did you, did you manage to scratch anything off that list uh, over the last week or so? Uh, it's all done. I'm, I'm actually, I've purchased a new Cherokee that I'm starting to modify. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is, uh, I'm, I'm about halfway through that. The first... The first Jeep owner ever to finish his build, I, ladies I, and gentlemen. Finished, Here he is. Finish the build. <laughs> if you ever hear a Jeep owner say, I have finished my build, they are either dying, lying, or drunk. So, and, and you guarantee they're broke. <laughs> yeah, and divorced. Yeah, so, probably. Uh, yeah, but anyway, so uh, the uh, no, I haven't done any of those items yet. That's uh, that's the list of things that I'm, I'm going to do, uh, hopefully uh, within this lifetime. But, you know, I, I did want to mention this uh, to the audience uh, just, just really quickly. Uh, my tires are about three years old. I've got the uh, uh, 33 by 12 and a half uh, uh, by 15, uh, uh, was it BF Goodrich? Uh, you know, the standard Jeep tire that a lot of people use because they wear very well on the road. But I do have the mud terrains. Now, <clears throat> I didn't rotate my tires like I was supposed to. So I have a brand spanking new tire as a spare. So is, you, uh, you're running the BFGs right now, the BFG KM2s. Yeah. Yep. Uh, KM2s and, uh, the mud terrains. And, uh, so I don't know if I should go ahead and buy three new KM2s and, and put the best one as a spare on the back, maybe get a new spare later on down the road, or maybe I should switch over. Maybe I should switch over to the ATs, uh, the BFGs, or maybe go to a different, uh, tire altogether. And I was going to throw that out there for you guys to call in and give me your idea about what I should put on my Jeep. Now, uh, I have the KM2 mud terrains because uh, it does get a little muddy down here in Houston. Uh, when the water gets high, you may have to get off on the road, uh, actually off-road, to uh, get from point A to point B. So I wanted something that would grab the uh, the dirt a little bit. 
and uh, that's why I go with the uh, the mud tires. But my wife's Jeep has the uh, the same size tires, but they're ATs, and boy, they're just so nice and quiet and smooth. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like, you know. And with as much as you go off-road, Tony. Exactly. Well, that's going to change. <laughs> I mean, now that I've uh, yeah. got a handle on the, the running hot thing, uh, so uh, learned a lot in uh, the long well, time that I've get here. Here's something that I actually just learned, um, what was this, a couple days ago about uh, BFG tires. The fact that uh, the KM2s now uh, have a slightly different compound to them. I guess uh, the compound that they were using on the KM2s, uh, which is probably what you have, Tony, um, was the same compound that they use in a lot of their um, a lot of their tires over over the years, uh, including the the uh, the KM ones and the ATs. Um, but the new generation of KM twos, and I don't know what the manufacturing date is. When you know after what date are they starting to use this new compound? But it's the same compound that they use in their rock crawler tires. Wow. So the KM twos are actually a little bit softer now in this new generation, but they still carry, I believe, a forty thousand mile warranty. So something to consider, um, something to ask your local tire guy about, especially if they're an authorized BFG dealer. Uh, talk to them about the new compound and whether or not this is actually real. Now, this is all secondhand information, guys. I did not hear this from BFG themselves, and I have not substantiated this yet, and so I probably shouldn't have just gone off and talking about it. Uh, yeah, but nonetheless, but no, that's what we're talking about here. This is BS around the campfire, and, uh, and that's just something that I heard about KM2s. Now, Tony, a tire you may want to consider that might work out really, really well for, for your driving style. Um, you know, a lot of commute, a little bit of wheeling mm -hmm. is uh, the, the, uh, the Goodyear Wrangler Duratrax. I had the, uh, the flavor of those in the 31-inch series, and, and I loved those tires. Done extremely well in everything I threw at them. I wheel with a couple of guys who run the 33 metric version of those, and, uh, and they absolutely love them. Uh, so check check them out. Head down to a tire shop. Check out the tread pattern. It, think of it as a super-duper aggressive all-terrain. Right. Yeah, to add to that, Tony, my wife has been working in the tire industry for a long time, and I've been able to get my hands on some Hankook and Falcon tires. Ooh. And they have a line, both, both manufacturers have a line of all-terrain tires that are more aggressive than your traditional all-terrain, but not quite mud-terrain tires. So... Check out uh, Hankook and Falcon Tire as well. I personally run the Hankook mud, uh, mud Terrains because I've had a lot of good luck with them in the past. And I had the Hankook All Terrains on my Dodge 4x4, my truck, because I, you know, it hits sand every once in a while. But for the most part, I commuted to work. Uh, just curious, has anybody had any, uh, uh, any uh, dealings with Cooper Tires? Yeah, uh, I uh Several guys who I wheel with, uh, with Cherokees, in fact. Uh, there was three guys in the Northwest chapter of the of North American XJ Association that were running the Cooper SSTs, I believe is the mud terrain. Uh, they have those. and They look a lot like the KMs, the original KMs, the tread They pads. do have That's that because same. they're manufactured as a subline of Goodyear. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. Now, the one problem that I have heard from each and every one of them is that they wear fast. Uh, they, they do a good job. They don't clean out very well in the mud, respectably so, uh, but not as, not as good as, as some of the other tires out there. Um, but they, they air down well. They're tough. They grip. They just don't wear very well. No, um, I, I need something that wears, wears well. I mean, $1,300 for a set of tires, that's a, a yeah. god awful lot of money. All right. Well, that's all I got. So uh, let's uh, let's move it along. Uh, and, and now we're going to get to the, the the part where Josh is giving me a hard time about com completing things because he's been working on his. 
<laughs> I actually have for a change, guys. Uh, so most of you know that my Jeep hasn't seen a lot of action since November. Um, really no That's wheeling trips time. at all. It really is a long time. I've had it out, driving it a few times. I've taken it to some shows and stuff like that. Um, but I haven't been out on any wheeling adventures with it for a while. That's coming um, up, and that was, Yeah, it is coming up. Uh, and, uh, and we'll be talking about that here in just a little bit later in the show. Um, but what I have done recently is uh, I'm, I'm in deep with the engine work on the Northwest 99XJ. And, uh, and, and I'm, the first, the, the thing was top of the list was this exhaust leak that I had, which absolutely <laughs> was way worse than I, I thought it I was. I couldn't believe the pictures on xjtalk.com. That was incredible. So um, <laughs> I, I have since reached out to uh, the seller uh, where I had purchased that header uh, less like than using three a years ago. You're, you've hired yeah. a hitman to go <laughs> no, after the seller, right? Reach out and touch someone with a little bit of lead downrange. No, uh, <sighs> nothing like that, guys. But uh, and, and I have not yet heard back from this person. So I'm not going to disclose yet at this point the manufacturer, the seller uh, of the header. I will just say this. That uh, after I pulled the header off, which is a fun procedure, if you guys have never done that, I highly recommend you check it out. <laughs> Lots of good times there. Um, uh, after pulling it out, I, I figured I was going to find a crack or two. I found six. And, and this header uh, was using two different gauges of steel. Now, a now, little bit of backstory here. My, uh, my original header cracked. Um, I tried a, a little bit of metal putty as a cheap fix because I'm a cheap SOB. And, uh, and that obviously didn't work. The, uh, the crack opened back up, and, uh, and I figured, okay, it's time to replace this. I went with an aftermarket header, one that had uh, some very good reviews, and, and ran that for, for a while with absolutely no issues until my motor mounts went out on me. And, uh, and there was a lot of uh, engine movement uh, that, well, I'm not going to say a lot, but there was enough engine movement that it, it uh, put some strain on the header mm -hmm. and, um, and ended up developing some, some more exhaust leaks. So... Um, I, I just kind of, goes, well, it's not a big deal right at the moment. I'll take care of it when I take care of it. And it got worse and it got worse and it got worse. So, and this is after the motor mounts were replaced and it just continued to get worse. So finally, I, uh, I couldn't take it anymore, pulled the header off and, and checked it out. Now the, where the down pipes come in. So where the, the pipes that come off of the, uh, off of the block themselves, what attached to that, that manifold, that, that, that flange that you actually bolt to the block. Those were all a much thicker gauge steel than every other part of the header. And what had happened was uh, the, the welds from the factory actually separated. And I'm I think surprised. Factory this, is a loose term here. I think it was the back of somebody's so. van. I think it was welded in the back of somebody's van. Guys, it looked like JB <laughs> Weld. It literally looked like they put the down pipes from, from the collectors uh, oh. to uh, put it all together with JB Weld. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Now, I've got. Very, very detailed pictures of all of this. Uh, very nice high-definition pictures on my build thread over at xjtalk.com. And uh, just do a search for 99, uh, Northwest 99XJ, and you guys can, uh, can see all of uh, all the pictures you and everything that to, I had to go through. You do need to check out these pictures. They are just unbelievable. Took it over to a buddy's house. Um, he's a much better welder than I do, than I am, has better equipment than I do, uh, and had some difficulty welding it up because of the two thicknesses of metal. Now, the factory yeah. OEM header is of a much thicker gauge metal and it is the same thickness of metal same gauge of steel used all the way through this header was not and it was it proved very difficult to fix um, so i brought my oem one that i still have after uh, after taking it off and repaired that one as well uh, big thanks out there to brandon mike's uh, michaels for helping me out uh, he uh, was an absolute godsend when it came to uh, to help me out with this little welding project so uh, kudos to him. 
Now, while I'm in there, I've got this list of, you know, while you're in there, you might as well do X, Y, and Z. So if you have the header off, you have the intake manifold off, um, you got to take pretty much half the engine off to get to the header. Uh, and it sounds worse than it really is, guys. But um, I figured there's going to be a couple other things that I might as well do while I'm in there that look like they should be taken care of. One of those is the valve cover gasket. Now, while I'm doing the valve cover gasket, I might as well do a valve job, right? Uh, <laughs> but I don't have the tools for that. So I'm going to have to um, think about purchasing tools and weigh that option against whether or not I really need to do this. Uh, and we're talking about the valve job now. Well, when you said okay. valve job, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, let, let me ask, ask you. I thought you were going to take the yeah. head off and take it down to the shop and spend the $225 and let them do the three angle uh, grind on the valves and test the seats and, you know, the, all, the whole nine yards and test the springs and, and, uh, and then put, the, put it back on. I, I thought that's the direction you were going. That is a direction that I am planning on going with something else. Now, uh, a friend of mine recently finished up one of his Jeep projects, and in through the course of that, he acquired an extra 4-liter head. And this is not the 0331 head. This good. is actually one of the good <laughs> heads, yes. And, uh, and the 0331 head is, a, is, a, is prone to cracking uh, between some of the cylinders. Uh, mm -hmm. That is the head that everybody says will crack and jump so out of your engine. It's a lower flow, lower flow exhaust as well, which, which you don't want anyway. Right. So this head, and I don't know what year it's out of, but nonetheless, I am planning a port and polish project, and I will have this head completely gone through professionally. I will do the port and polishing myself. Um, I've uh, seen a few videos on it. I've got the tools and equipment to do it with, um, and so I'm going to give this a shot and actually uh, uh, give it a try and, and see if I can't port and polish a 4-liter head. If I can't, I screw it all up. Hey, it's yeah, an extra really. head. I don't really need it anyways. Um, it was a hand-me-down. I got it for free. I can't argue with that. Uh, so, and it, it's it's a used one, junkyard. So it's got a bunch of oil and stuff in it. There's nothing in there of any value uh, except for some experience. And hey, if I do it right, I've got a port and polished head. When I'm all said and done. So now if, I've got to do the. You know, go ahead, Tony. If you don't mind me suggesting, because I was wanting to do this to the the head on my uh, yeah rebuilt engine. You know, the one that blowed up, dropped the valve and blowed up. Uh, and uh, Matt was against that. And I think Steve 4.3 LXJ was against it as well. And I was gonna, I was gonna tell you to check with, uh, check with Steve, uh, and uh, you, you remember? Uh, I think it's Cheryl Maniac. Yeah, uh, that's the guy that has the uh, the Stroker uh, page uh, that everybody goes and looks at. He's a, he's a member mm -hmm. on XJ Talk. I would seek out some advice from those people before you go to the trouble of of doing the port and polish. There's okay. something about a 4.0 head that. Uh, doesn't uh, mesh very well. I forget what it was. There's there's something about it that doesn't work well, uh, like it would in, in like a Chevy motor or something else that you right. that you see well, doing it. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, I will definitely look into that. Again, or you can just do it just your own damn self. <laughs> toying around with. Well, no, it's and, it, and that's just one of the things is I haven't done a ton of research on the port and polishing of a four liter head. Have I done some? Yes, I've seen a few videos. I've read a couple articles. That's about it. Uh, it appears to be something which I have the skill set to do, mm -hmm. to accomplish. Uh, whether it's the right thing for my Jeep, whether it's the right thing for my build or not, I haven't made that determination yet. This is just something that's on my radar. Right. Now, something else that's on my radar while I'm in there and working on this sort of stuff is the oil filter adapter O-ring set. Oh, yeah. uh, that's going to get done as well. The rear main seal is finally going to get done. The oil pan gasket at the same time, obviously. And while I'm in there, might as well go ahead and upgrade to some polyurethane motor mounts and uh, and eliminate this whole uh, header cracking thing once and for all. This is what I <laughs> should have done. Yeah, that's what I should have done a, a while back when I was bitching about this a year ago. Oh, those brown dog motor mounts are great. 
And Tony, if you uh, if you mess up that head, you can buy a nice sheet of glass, set it up on top, and make it a coffee ah, table. That's true. That's Good idea. I like where Cody's uh, where Cody's mind is at right now. You know, Josh, uh, who is it? It's not Edelbrock. Uh, there is a man- manufacturer that makes an aluminum 4.0 head uh, that is. Oh my. Uh, uh, high uh, high flow everything that everything that you need for your 1999 Jeep you need to get that just just get that and leave it uh, put some clear coat on it I'd polish it up brighten up that Edelbrock aluminum. is it Edelbrock? Edelbrock does make the yeah and uh, guys the price tag on those is don't, anywhere don't from about eight hundred and ninety six dollars <laughs> to sixteen hundred and sixty nine dollars uh, so you, you want the sixteen hundred get a new Cherokee uh, yeah you know. <laughs> Sometimes it's oh, worth. Boy. Sometimes it's worth uh, worth it to pay pay for a nice head. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of hey, uh, paying for uh, paying uh-huh. for skid plates and things, Tammy, okay. what do you got going on? Well, you know, I kind of just told you about it earlier in Wrangler talk, and really, I've just been doing a lot of research on the computer, trying to figure out which skid plate I'm going to get, and I think I'm going to go with the M O R E. I honestly, I don't even know what that stands for. But um, it's the oil pan transmission um, skid plate. It's like 50 pounds, and I should be able to install it myself with maybe a little bit of drilling, which kind of makes me nervous because I haven't had to drill anything yet. So we'll see. Oh, you'll enjoy that. You got a new drill too, right? Because you uh, traded well, in your uh, uh, your impact wrench for a drill. Yeah, I just have a little, what is it, Black & Decker that you know you buy at Target. So look and see what they require, what they recommend for drilling the holes. I had to drill out some holes to put on the uh, track bar on uh, my wife's TJ, and they really recommended a half-inch uh, shank uh, drill because it was uh, such a big hole, and I, it took right. for a god-awful long time, even with that half-inch drill. So, so I uh, guess the next thing I'll do is I'll um, see if there's any install videos out there, and I'll read all the reviews and try to figure out what I what I need. But first, got to... Sell some Legos. <laughs> T- Tammy, if your drill won't do it, a lot of times Home Depot or local hardware store stores will uh, rent tools out for you to use. Oh, interesting. That's right. a good idea. Yeah, yeah that's Home right. Depot is, is a great solution. And parts stores mm-hmm. as well, sometimes they'll have something like that. But uh, Home Depot would be where you want to go for, for a good heavy-duty drill to rent for the day. Is it an actual yeah. rental is, or is it like the yeah. parts places where you just uh, you pay for it and then you bring it back and they refund the entire amount? No, anytime I've, I've ever done anything, it's you put down a deposit uh, on your card, and it's you know x amount of dollars per day to rent. They're they're pretty reasonable. I've rented that's right really large equipment or small equipment. I mean, it's it's a good deal there. Interesting. Not not all Home Depots have a tool rental shed though. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Well, we have plenty of Home Depots around here, so I should be able to find one. Cool. Very good. So, Cody, what do you got going on with your WJ? Well, I've um. I haven't done much. There's a, a bunch of videos on the trailchasers.net site that shows the uh, fender flares and lift kit and all that stuff. Um, with preparing for the upcoming child, as you can see behind me, there's a crib that I just had to put together. I haven't spent much money on the Jeep. Have you I lifted do have it yet? A, um, <laughs> a really nice Smittybilt compressor that I'm going to permanently mount in the WJ, and I, I'm struggling with where I'm going to put it. In my TJ, I had it at a compressor mounted under the driver's seat, and I put um, an outlet and a switch underneath both seats, so you could go to either side of the Jeep, plug in your your uh, uh, 
hose and filled the tires on that side. So the WJ doesn't have as much room under the seat, but where the spare tire goes in back, there's a giant, you know, 30 inch round uh, hole that is vacant. So right now I'm planning on putting it back there, which is going to require a lot of wiring to get the power from the battery, the battery back to there with the switches all in place. And the only concern I have is ventilation. That thing gets pretty hot when it's running. So if I've got it sitting in that spare tire wheel well with the cover on top of it and my ice chest and gear on top of it, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how long before it burns out. So I'm, I'm working on that right now. That's going to be my next big thing. What do you guys One think quick, about? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Josh. One quick recommendation there for you, Cody. I don't know about your specific compressor, but like the compressor that I'm using and, and some of the compressors that I have installed, like the Vyers or, or even like some of the ARBs, um, they, they have the ability to relocate the intake filter for yeah. the air pump. And, mm-hmm. uh, and where you are drawing that air from is almost as critical as where you mount the air compressor itself. So if you can relocate that, uh, that intake to someplace outside of the vehicle or where there is very, very little restriction, uh, you might be able to pull in some cooler or some easier air to get to. Uh, and that thing might be able to stay a little bit cooler internally, at least, if it can't breathe as better, uh, as better breathe as good as it should. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. Radiate the heat off the body. So, yeah. um, Cody, I wanted to ask you: Have you uh, looked at lift kits for the crib yet? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, <laughs> if this if this was going to be a boy, um, I've already had the Jeep bed ready to go. But um, oh, uh, my my daughter, although she's not going to be princesses in lace, it's going to be uh, uh, a lot of dirt and off roading. So she'll have to get used to it. Nice. But, yeah, the girl can have a Jeep bed too. I wish I would yes. have had a Jeep bed. She she will. My um really good friend of mine has two daughters and they were raised on dirt bikes and quads and they're just as tough as any awesome. guy out there and they'll 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 give someone a run for their money. <laughs> so you're going to have to buy one of those little Barbie Jeeps. You know, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, Wayne uh, the, yeah. Wayne down in New Zealand has one of those camouflage paint job on it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so you know it's a boy. It's a girl. It's a girl. Oh, it's a girl. It's a girl. Yeah. When does she do? Uh, November twelfth. So my whole, the oh, whole that's my last half birthday. of my year. Hey, yeah, that's my oldest that? son's birthday. Hey, cheer oh, up, cool. cheer up, man! You got to remember, you're you're being recorded here, so you have to be happy about. <laughs> oh, this. I'm super excited. <laughs> I just know that well, the whole, the whole half, last half of my year is going to be just getting ready for the baby to come, and then and trying to figure out what oh, I'm doing because this is well, my first, and I'm making it up as we go. We've got a problem here, folks, because uh, Cody, I, I'm sorry. We're we're, we're going to have to get your wife on the air or something because that's not going to work. Um, <laughs> November November 12th is a Thursday, and as everybody knows, the Jeep Talk Show is recorded on Thursdays. Th- this is a schedule conflict of the, of epic proportions. We have to reschedule. Yeah. Um, we, so that will, we will. Uh, we'll I'll put that on the table and let you okay. know what she says. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll stick a pin in that, and we'll get back yeah, to yeah. it. We're going to come back to that one. <laughs> All right. Well, the great uh, campfire segment, and uh, let's get out of here before the pigs start squealing. Yeah, there's something we get back to every other week, and that's the Jeep Mama product review. What do we have this week, Tammy? Well, uh, it's the Barricade Adjustable Brake Light Bracket with LED Light. When I took off my stock bumper, off came the third brake light, and knowing Mm. that I needed to have a third brake light, I went and purchased the this barricade light and it's um, has an adjustable bracket it includes the LED light and there's no drilling 
required, which is a bonus for me. It's one fourth inch heavy aluminum construction, durable power coat. It's black and it's 100% made in the USA. And it, it can accommodate up to a 40 inch tire. Although I don't think my tires will get that big, maybe 35, but we'll see. And it has a three year limited warranty and it's designed for use um, for the 87, 1987 to 2015 YJ, TJ and JK models. And like I said, I bought this when I upgraded my rear bumper. So now I have a third brake light. I'm legal, street legal. Um, I lost this third brake light because my rear bumper has the swinging tire carrier. And this can also be good for Jeeps with oversized tires that would cover up the third brake light because this is an adjustable bracket and you can lower it and raise it as needed. Yeah, you're going to need um, that of everything. Yeah, you're going to need that whenever you go to the bigger tires. Yes. Um, and this simple upgrade just bolts directly on to the holes that were there for the spare tire before um, I took took the spare tire mount off. And it's a quick, easy solution to keep your Jeep street legal. And I know lots of people have their tires covering up the third brake light. So this would be a good way to fix that problem. So how's the uh, the electrical work? Is it is it does it give you an OEM plug to 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 use the uh, the original wiring or is there oh, some yeah, splicing good involved? Point. Yeah, um you should take out the factory wiring harness um that was used for the other the factory brake light and what you do is you would just I snipped off the plug and oh, and wow. I spliced and soldered and heat shrunk. Wow, nice. Yeah, nicely I, done. I, I love doing that stuff. The heat shrinking um, is kind of cool. It looks it make, makes it look very professional. Yes, yes it's very, very pretty very and nice and neat. And you know, it's that OCD in me coming out. But anyway, you splice it together. The only thing is, when you you know hook the light up and you push it into the the mount, they really don't have a place to put the wire. So you kind of have to use some wire ties, or you know, you have to get creative when you wire. Oh yeah. Um in the back of the the mount, back down into the hole into the tailgate and then you just plug it into your brake lights. Oh, I was going to mention real quick. Um I'm I have not seen the specific bumper rear bumper that you got, but you want to check that tire carrier, the bolt that holds that pivot point on because it's not tight. Although if it was tight, you wouldn't be able to swing it out, but it should be snug. So every once in a while you want to make sure it's uh that it's uh, not backing out on you because you don't want to, you know, especially on the trail, well, you don't want to lose with it. With anything that you bolt onto your Jeep, really, it's good advice. And, and most of the manufacturers say after a specified period of miles, go back and retighten everything, retorque right. them back to spec. And, and you want to then after that, do it every oil change or so. Just a, it's good good practice to go mm -hmm. over the Jeep and, and, and just hit it with a torque wrench on a few of the areas. Especially going after going off-road and uh, twisting things up. Yeah. Right. And I what I did, somebody suggested, is I take a little marker and I… Oh, yeah. That's a good yeah, idea. Do mark the bolts it, it, and then… And then, except if, if it turns a hundred, uh, three hundred and sixty degrees. Well, yeah, then you're. In well, big the trouble. the other thing that, and I, I know this is going to sound weird, but bolts stretch. Yeah, they do. Uh, and I, I know that, that, that you're thinking of metal stretching, um, but it does happen, especially when you're talking about linear force. Now, you know, coming from an engineering background, I can say this does happen. Uh, so that's, it's not just about a matter of twisting, but that is still a great tip, Tammy, uh, to, to mark it with a little bit of a paint pen 
or a Sharpie or something like that, just as, as a visual indication as to whether or not your hardware is doing what it's supposed to and staying put. Yeah. Well, let's uh, get over to our wheeling wear. And this is where we talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. And guys, there is some really, really bad news that I've got uh, this week that I figured we needed to talk about. Now, over the last several years here in the Northwest, an event has gone on as a yearly tradition. It started off as something called Don't Fear the Jeeper. And uh, and there were some issues with that that prevented it from happening multiple years. Um, a local dealership took uh, stepped in and, uh, and kind of took the reins on it and turned it into uh, an event called No Roads Required. And over the last few years, it's become the Northwest's largest off-road show. Uh, so big, in fact, that last year it was held down at the Portland International Raceway. Um, lots of, lots of really great vehicles that come down there. And this is an off-road show, meaning pretty much open to any off-road vehicle whatsoever. So you saw a lot of really cool stuff. This is one of my favorite events to attend each and every year. Uh, I talked with the event coordinator, a guy who I've worked very closely with over the years because I was involved with this show from its inception back when it was Don't Fear the Jeeper. I was, I've been the MC and the DJ for it up until last year. And, um, and this event has been canceled as of this year. And, and there's, there's be, it's a really sad thing because the, the people that kind of stepped in and, and there was a, a local Jeep club, a local off-road club, I should say. It's not a Jeep club. It's a local off-road club. They, they kind of stepped in and bullied their way into the, um, into the organization of the event. Those and, bastards. And, well, and this has happened before with, with other events. And, and this has left a bad taste in people's mouth because there, there's one person in particular that, um, that just kind of really doesn't know what she's doing. What's and her name, causing, damn it? Causing more harm than good. I'm not going to call this person out because it, it, it's not fair. They're, they're not here to, uh, no, no, I'm, um, I'm to just, defend themselves. I'm just whining. So, <laughs> uh, but this is, uh, this is an event um, that because of the negative feedback, um, due to the fact that these, this, this group stepped in and tried to take control of this whole thing and turned it into something other than it was in years prior, the event is being, is being postponed a year. Uh, is is what I is the the information that I got. So all the people out there that that and and this this event drew people from from several states away. This was a a, a rather big deal. A lot of vendor support, a lot of giveaways, and of course, um, you know, seeing this many off road vehicles all in one place. And to hear that this event has been canceled uh, because of something like this, uh, the reasons behind it is are really really sad. And so I wanted to kind of make a call to action. If you guys have an, an off road event going on in your area. It is imperative that you guys attend. Um, you know, entry fees I know can kind of can kind of bite you in the butt. Not everybody can swing it, especially if they're charging per head and not per vehicle. Um, I understand that schedules conflict and stuff like that. But guys, supporting these kind of events is very critical to making sure that this kind of stuff can happen around the nation. And when it doesn't, um, or when the wrong people step up. And then things like this happen and, and the Northwest's, I mean, we're talking Northwest, we're talking Oregon, Washington, Idaho, parts of Montana, British Columbia, even parts of Northern California. People were coming from all over these areas to, um, to, to attend to this show. 
and now it's not going to happen, uh, at well, least not for another year. This is going to hurt attendance, too, because people are going to be geared up for this and find out it's canceled. And the next year they're going to say, well, screw it. Uh, maybe I'll check. Maybe I won't. So it'll take a, a, several years for it to recover. It it's, will probably take a couple of years, yeah, to, to recover from this. So I just wanted to, to put that out there and talk about that a little bit to get some exposure about the event, because I know there's going to be some people that are asking about it. I'm going to be posting uh, information about this all over the various Jeep sites on the web and uh, and other off-road sites out there to get this information out there saying this this event hasn't gone away it's just postponed and and here's why so um that's it guys we do have the uh, wheeling with northwest 99 xj coming up here next week and that's going to be held on the fourth so uh i'm in the final stages of getting my jeep put back together getting that ready getting ready for that and if you guys want to get in on that action just send an email to newstips at jeeptalkshow.com with the uh, subject line uh, wheeling with Northwest 99 XJ and uh, and we'll make sure to get you their proper information. Also want to talk about the SoCal Mountain Rendezvous. This is an RSVP only event, guys. Um, this is happening over in uh, in big over at Big Bear Mountain. Uh, for more information, we will have a link that we will post up in our in our thread uh, or on the show notes rather, so you guys can uh, can get uh, get over to that and find out what's happening with all that as well. Um, that's it for this week, guys. Oh, hey, don't forget about don't forget Jeep Junkies wherever you're wheeling. If you pack it in, pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better, condition than they were when we arrived. And remember to always, always, always tread lightly. Stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. That is it for this week, guys. If you have an event coming up in your area, let's get the word out. Whether it's a show and shine, a cruise in, or even a club run of your local Jeep club or local off-road club a fundraiser or a huge event like the Easter Jeep Safari, it doesn't matter. Let us know by giving us a call or sending us an email to newstips at jeeptalkshow.com. Yeah, we love that you guys share so much information with us. And uh, big thanks to Cody for joining us tonight and uh, doing his uh, segment live and joining us in the campfire segment. We uh, really appreciate it. We, uh, we've had a tendency not to talk about this very much, but there's always a seat open here at the Jeep Talk Show, whether it's uh, giving us information or being on the show, being part of the show with a segment like uh, Anton and his uh, CJ segment, uh, Cody and his uh, gra- the grand adventure that he's doing for us. And, of course, you know Tammy. Tammy started out here with just giving us Wrangler segments, and now she's sitting there trying not to yawn when it's uh, midnight at yeah. uh, Eastern time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, we love having the interaction. We love you guys being here, watching the show. Uh, downloading the show. Don't forget to go over to iTunes and subscribe to us. You can actually subscribe on the jeeptalkshow.com website too. So every time we put a post up there, uh, you'll get an email about that. Oh, so Very important subscription note right there, guys. Yeah, yeah. That's where you want to go. Jeeptalkshow.com. Make sure you subscribe over there as well to make sure you will never miss mm-hmm. any of our posts. And hey, we know you guys are out there making purchases all the time for your Jeep or otherwise. We see it in our Amazon You Bought What each and every week. The next time that you order your Jeep parts, ask the business if they know about the Jeep Talk Show. Let them know how much you enjoy the podcast. And if you're buying a product or service from a vendor because of a review or a discussion you heard here on the show, let that vendor know. And if they don't already know about the Jeep Talk Show, be sure to tell them about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. Yeah, remind them they got to pay for the Muzak license, but they don't wouldn't have to pay to have uh, <laughs> the Jeep Talk Show playing over the speakers, right? Right? That would be right. really oh, cool. Oh, that would right? be cool. Yeah. It doesn't cost anything for you guys to head over to Facebook.com slash Jeep Talk Show or YouTube.com slash Jeep Talk Show and make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, and uh, make sure you guys are telling a friend. We definitely want to increase our listenership. We have a huge 200th episode celebration coming up, so make sure we get everybody on board to help us out with that. Don't forget about uh, Tammy and her uh, Jeep Forum. 
<laughs> I was listening to a podcast recently where she took me to task on that. Her her blog. What is it, Tammy? www.jeepmama2mmma.com. And you need to take some more selfies. You've been using that same selfie on uh, over and over again on the beach. We need some new selfies. Okay. <laughs> you guys I'll, have a, I'll get on it. You guys have a great Jeep week. See ya. Good night. On this week's Tony and Josh show, Doran Awards are always fun, but occasionally we have to hand out Parent of the Year Award. Chris Farley might be dead and gone, but his line of in a van down by the river is getting new life and not in a good way. Jared Vogel, the guy from Subway, is in deep trouble. Apparently, he can't keep his six inch out of the mouths of kids. And speaking of holes, one good hole deserves another. Florida's having a little deja vu with a familiar sinkhole. And something's got my head a scratching. We'll pull the cat back and find out what's crawling around up there on the next Tony and Josh show.